0: We're blessed to have the Basic Solutions Group as one of our ministry partners. The Basic Solutions Group is one of the leading app creators for ministries worldwide. So whether you want to maximize your impact or multiply your ministry's message, then check out the Basic Solutions Group at basicsolutionsgroup.com. And to see what they can do for you, just go to your app store and download our Real Men Connect app for free on any Android, iPhone, or mobile device or tablet. Hey, Mighty Warrior, how would you like to hang out with a group of real men who really get you? I'm talking about a group of men who are purpose-driven, love God, and have a sincere desire to win as men, husbands, fathers, and as leaders. I'm talking about real men who understand your desires as well as your doubts, your hunger for success and significance, as well as your struggles with life and even lust. Well, look no further because we've created the first ever private college campus on Facebook just for Christian men called Real Men University. But don't you worry, the tuition is free, but the education, support, and friends you'll meet will be priceless. So if you'd like to join a group of like-minded, non-judgmental Christian men who are all looking to take their faith, family, and finances to the next level, then just go over to realmenuniversity.com and request to join. That's realmenuniversity.com, and I'll see you on campus.
1: Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man, God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges seeking real change. All for God's glory. Hello, mighty men of God, and welcome to
0: the Real Man Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week we interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships on your job, and in your community. Today we have with us a good friend of mine, Jasper Williams, and that's Jasper Williams III, who is an innovative connector of people with transformational, life-changing ideas. And Jasper is an accomplished pastor who is also a fourth-generation preacher who answered a call to serve God at the young age, and check this out, at the young age of nine, Wow, I can't wait to hear that story. (laughs) And as the founder and senior pastor of the church in Duluth, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, he empowers people to walk towards personal progress and being what God has called them to be. Pastor Jasper is publicly recognized as a man with a passion for people and daily joins others in the trenches looking for opportunities to empower individuals. His personal mantra is, it's about relationship, not religion. And he's happily married to his wife, Alicia, and they have two children, Jordan Elise and Jasper the Fourth. And I met Pastor Jasper when I spoke at the Iron Shoppers Iron Conference here in Chattanooga, Tennessee earlier this year. And he invited me to speak and preach at his church on Father's Day, and I had a blast. But after I met with him and his wife in person and discovered his heart for men and started following him on Facebook and listen to his sermons, I knew I had to invite him to be on my show. And out of all the topics Pastor Jasper is highly qualified to talk about when it comes to men, I probably picked the toughest of all for him to address today, and I hope he forgives me for it, and that's dealing with and overcoming being hurt by the church. And with that being said, I'd like to welcome my friend, Pastor Jasper Williams III, to the Real Men Connect podcast.
2: How you doing, J3? man dr joe it is a pleasure while you read that bio i'm like who is this cat
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's so, you man it's thank you thank you so much for the invitation
0: and i i tell you now and i said in the intro that i need to ask for forgiveness because man this is a heavy topic man um I'm not gonna even pretend and and try to to act like it's not because that really wasn't originally why I want you on the show to talk about because if they follow you on Facebook like I was doing and they l- listen to some of your sermons um, and check you out, they'll see that you have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to manhood um, and marriage and and even with leading the ministry but when I, I started um, looking at some of your material and I noticed that you had um, developed a, a, did a I guess a two-part mp3 series on dealing with church hurt, I said, man, that's the topic I wanna talk to Pastor Jasper about because one, I, I hear men complain about it all the time and they use it as a barrier that prevents them from not only um, um, getting connected to their church, but growing in the body of Christ. So we're gonna cover all of that and we're gonna spend the show talking about that. But before before we begin, I always ask my guests to share with me their favorite Bible verse. And Pastor Jasper, believe it or not, as long as this show has been running and we're now so popular across the country, I don't have that many pastors on the show. And it's not because I don't want them on the show, it's that it has to be the right kind of pastor. So I'm telling you, I brought you on the show for a reason because I now had had a chance to spend some time with you. And you're the perfect pastor, I know, to talk about this topic. But before we begin, share with us your favorite Bible verse and what um, inspires you in the Word of God.
2: Wow. Well, Dr. Joe, again, let me just say thank you very much for the invitation. And I'm glad I made the cut. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I made the cut. Yeah, man, you know, you know, I, I was introduced to the whole concept of sonship. Uh, probably about 10, 11 years or so ago. And, you know, of course, you know, you know the scriptures, how uh, God has adopted us to be sons. Um, but there's a whole theology built around sonship, and it really is mirrored in the lives of our children. First, let me just say sonship isn't isn't gender specific. Um, you know, if, if, if women have a problem being called sons, then men are going to have a problem uh, throughout all eternity, being the bride of Christ, right? So, so sonship is one of those things that is more like an office. It's really a marker for internal stuff. And if I were to use that catchphrase, Galatians 4 verses 1 through 7 has really framed the past 10 years of my life as I've come to. Understand a bit more about sonship and I I won't take time to even um, mention all of it But it it starts off very grippingly and it says that now 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 that you're an heir an heir as a child is no more different than a slave In other words, it, it starts off with the imperative nature for us to grow and when we grow, then we're able to grow into the things that God wants to entrust us, but no one gives. You know, My daughter's 18. She has a car now. We've been fortunate enough to give her a car. We didn't give her that car when she was eight. She wasn't mature enough, and when you start looking at Galatians 4 um, and understanding how God wants us to grow, how we are even under the care of stewards, um, because we aren't grown that the elements of the bondage of the elements keeps us bound when we don't grow How how Jesus Christ at the appointed time came and redeemed us what this whole thing is really talking about is Embracing the potential that we have to be the sons of God. And again, I don't mean uh, From a gender perspective, right? Right,
0: right. Oh, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Pastor Jasper and, you know, which is kind of is a segue. You talk about being um, um, the sonship um, in your bio. I mentioned that you were called to the ministry or called to serve God at the age of nine. You got to explain this. So so if you could give us the ESPN version of your story and how you answered that call at such a young age and um, how that all came about.
2: Man, you also mentioned in my bio that I'm a fourth generation uh, preacher, third generation pastor. Um, and I think that there's just a mantle that's there in, in my lineage that, um, that I walk in. My dad was a boy preacher. My father started preaching when he was six years old. Um, and um, actually when I, I, I grew up and I started would talk to him about, that. what was it like when I told you that I wanted to preach? Um, dad told me why I didn't want you to. I thought that a bit striking, you know, from the, what many would call as success that he's had, uh, a noble calling others would say to preach the gospel. And you wouldn't want me to do that. And he began to enumerate and it made sense uh, just how how hurtful some of the areas were. You know, kids don't understand kids that say I'm called to preach. Right. <laughs> you know, I and, know and, that's and right. you can be you can be marked and blacked ball for that. You know, dating becomes a whole different issue. My father's father was popular. And so he was uh, forced to live up in many eyes uh, to, his, to his own father. And what dad was really saying was that he didn't want that pressure on me. It was unmistakable. Um, I, I, I had no question about it. I wasn't being groomed to be a preacher. God spoke to me uh, at the age of eight. and I turned nine and a little bit thereafter. Um, I preached my first sermon December 20th of 1981. Um, And I've been, as the old folk would say, on the battlefield (laughs) for my Lord for for a long time. But God just really had a way of grabbing my heart and talking to me as only an eight-year-old can understand. And that's one of the things I love about God. He never makes his promises, his commands. He never makes it above what we can understand. His job is to make it clear and to communicate to us our job is to respond in obedience and that's what I did when he when he called me into into ministry called me to preach
0: you know and past jasper what's what's amazing about that is it's you're right god speaks to you where you are and so i'm trying to think cuz you know growing up with kids ourselves and you know and we see our children and and we were kids is that A lot of kids always want to be a lot of things. Man, I want to be a football player when I grow up. I want to be this. I want to be that. And so I want to know what kind of language did God use to make you, because I'm sure your response at that age could possibly have been, huh? what? <laughs> Me? What? But but I guess at the same time, having generations before you doesn't make it that crazy of an idea. But I guess I'm trying to get a, this picture of, or I guess get eavesdrop into that conversation of how the Spirit revealed that to you and what was that tugging on your spirit, even at that young age in the kind of language the Spirit spoke to you in. How, what was that like? Yeah, man. The,
2: the only way that I could put it is that it was a language of my heart. And I I really think that there's a principle here that your listeners may be able to glean from, that when God speaks, sometimes it's in an audible voice where we can go and say, like when God called me to start the church, he was really clear. He said, your assignment as the number two man is up and then he hung the phone up on me. <laughs> um, so I knew that. I mean, that was very clear. I can go back. I can remember where I was, what I was doing when God said that. But then there's also a heart language where God communicates with our heart. Um, and th- that's, that's what it was. God really spoke to my heart. Now understand, you know, I wasn't, I want to be a, I want to be a, um, a gynecologist when I grew up, um, and 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 even after I accepted my call, you know I still wanted to be a gynecologist, and I wanted to preach. And my dad helped me to see that, son. You know you'll be good at one, and not as effective as you as you would want to be in the other. So you get a chance to choose. So I had the freedom there, and that's another reason as I look back on these years that I've been preaching, that I know it was a heart language that God was speaking to my heart. What happened was Sunday morning. I would always, right before that, this was before youth church and young adult ministry and this, that, and the other, I would make my bathroom trip, stop by the water, and get ready to take my Sunday morning sermon nap. I was going to curl up in the corner of the pew and go to town, and I was on my way back to my seat, God grabbed me. I thought one of the members was calling my name, so I stopped and I looked around, kind of like Samuel, and nobody was paying any attention to me. I walked you know, a few more feet and I heard the same thing. I stopped, I looked around to see who was calling me and that's when God almost did a download and it was one of those surreal moments. Went on back, sat down, went to sleep, drooled on my coat jacket, woke up, went home, had our Sunday evening dinner and it was like then God gave the clarity. Later that evening, I went to the kitchen and I told my mother, I said, mom, God called me to preach today. And of course, there was lots of rejoicing. My father was out of town. He was about to go and preach uh, in another church in Detroit. They called him out of the pulpit to come and take my mom's call. And that started um, my journey in the ministry.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, I, I tell you, because I can do a whole show just... Um, talking about answering of the call and how, because I think a lot of men are called not maybe to start a church or the pastor a church, I agree but God you. is pulling on their heart to do ministry, whether it be in their workplace or in a business or or even in the doctor's office, like you're saying, a gynecologist. And so I, I'm sure maybe we need to do a show just on that of answering that call. But I really wanted to talk to you about this very, very touchy subject um, called Church hurt. And we're going to start with even just the basic, because I want us all to be on the same page, because I know you're going to give a lot of insight. And I'm excited about it because I want to learn a lot about this, too, as well, so I can help minister to men. So just so we can all be on the same page, um, Pastor Jasper, based on your pastoral experience, how would you define church hurt and where do you think it comes from? Yeah, um,
2: church hurt is is no more than a wound, a scar or bruise that has happened in the context of church. Now, we probably need to define what church is, and most people would default, my thinking is, they would think about the institution of the church. And yes, I would say that's probably, when I look at some of the cases and stories that I've heard, that's probably about 90% of where church hurt happens. But then uh, church is really the body of Christ, and so church hurt can also happen outside of church the organization or the location, and it can happen with the organism. So I can say something to you, or you can say something to me that offends me. You're know, you talking about, hey, you got this Real Men Connect um, thing going, and hey, wait a minute, bro, you're not going to even respect the fact that I'm a man, and I hear something through the wrong grid or through my own pain, because you do know, Dr. Joe, I know you know this, that we hear other people based on what's going on on the inside of us. Absolutely. And so now I look at you and go, all right, here's a Christian brother talking about connecting me to other brothers and to this God, but because I haven't dealt with my own pain, I look at this Christian brother and I can now tag it as being church hurt. So church hurt happens inside the church, the location, but it can also happen outside of the church when it comes just to other people, not only men, that was just an example, but women, um, other believers.
0: So, um, as far as so so now we have this this framework at least to work with as far as what church hurt is. Now let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, it seems like every other man and I told you this even before we came on air that every other man that I meet in ministry has experienced some kind of church hurt, and we're talking about from abuse to abandonment uh, to just plain being offended. Um, so, I guess the first question I want to ask you is: Have you ever experienced church hurt, church hurt yourself? And if so. Without you know getting too specific, would you mind sharing parts of your story and how you dealt with it?
2: Yeah, um, so yes, I have, but from probably a multidimensional side. Um, in church, as a pastor, there's sheep bite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a, a niche of church hurt, you know, because you can find sheep that, that don't appreciate, don't respect, you know, ha- having grown to the point to where uh, they bite you. So as an active pastor, yes, I have experienced church hurt, but from sheep, which is why I call it uh, sheep bite. On the other side though, yes, I have experienced church hurt from uh, from the body. Um, I think that I've seen church hurt' uh, seen church modeled incorrectly um, from people that were in church. I think I've seen marriages modeled incorrectly. I think I've seen values and moral, and again, I'm talking about people that are in ministry. I think I've seen um, you know marriages modeled incorrectly. I think one of one of the biggest things, Dr. Joe and and you know uh you you mentioned that this is one of those touchy subjects, and so here we go. Um, one of the things that hurt me the most that I really didn't call church hurt was how I was fathered how my dad raised me. So let me give some context to that. My father was a popular uh, evangelist and, and still is. Dad is 74, still travels the country preaching. But in his younger younger years, when church looked differently, you know, we had these five and six night revivals. And my dad, because of his popularity, was always, always on the road to the detriment of ending up in a divorce. Um, so I grew up in a divorced home. Um, So not only was he not there, but he wasn't there. And so I saw him traveling, saving the world, but not really focusing a lot of attention on the household. Now, that was a whole different mindset and mentality um, that that men of that era had, um, that I think that whether you were in ministry or a businessman or worked at the gas station or owned a grocery store, you could have likely been uh, subjecting your children to some kind of hurt, and I think that all the cases that come through my office that we get a chance to see, that's definitely the case. But here's why I, I label it church hurt because he was in church and so was I, and so as as a man of God, quote unquote, as a pastor, as a religious leader, the hurt came on the on his absence. And 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 Dr. Joe, here's the thing. It didn't show up until much later in life. The, the wound and the pain of what I would call the church hurt that the institution of the church uh, promulgated with my father. There, it showed up later in life, which which was really harder for me to uncover because now I'm doing and I'm in the same space where the wound happened. Not recognizing that there is a wound, but getting all the effects. And the residual of the wound.
0: You know, and I, I tell you, you, bring up such a great point because I never really look at it from that standpoint. But it makes perfect sense, though, that if we're experiencing some type of church hurt, that we gotta have to go. You have to go back before the church and look at um, the wounds, possibly of the father, or how we've been parented. Because typically, you know, you've heard the saying that the cliche that they say hurting people hurt other people. But I also add to it that um, hurting people are also easily hurt. And a lot of times if we have those, like you said, unidentified wounds that we have, in, oh, unacknowledged wounds, that it could be church hurt happening even before we even get into the church. <laughs> and that's it right. just exacerbates the problem. So that, that's a unique perspective. I never heard that before, but I think that's something that we do need to look into.
2: Now. Hey, look, may, may I just add one thing yeah, here? Yeah, go right ahead. I, I want to connect a dot back to my call. And I mentioned a heart language. And, and I don't, I don't know. I just have this strong feeling that, like, it's a light. This is a light bulb moment that that your listeners are probably, by the power of the Holy Spirit, unwrapping and unveiling and tying some dots together because God is speaking to their heart that they are seeing some stuff come to come into focus as it relates to their own pain and. You know, sometimes a wound is hard to identify, um, but with the power of God, He He shows us what He wants to heal, and I just come into agreement with the heavens, and and say to those listeners that are that are hearing this, um, that I believe this is a God moment, and I believe this is one of those things that will live on as long as this podcast lives on, and that there are listeners. And I just by faith declare you healed of that wound that has kept you from fully pursuing your purpose and a walk with God.
0: Mm-hmm. And because and, I'm hoping that this episode is one of those uh, resources that you refer back to. That's one thing I do like about podcasts is that they get archived and you can listen to them anytime you want to. And you can go back and this is one of those episodes I want to be able to refer men to when they struggle with church hurt, so they can understand a little bit better. And which leads into my, my next question. And, and you probably deal with this yourself as a pastor and even as a man outside of, of the church, when you hear people talk about church hurt, no one wants to experience it. And for some reason, they think it could be avoided. And, and And I guess that's up for debate. But we know that getting hurt and being hurt is inevitable. It's life. Jesus couldn't even avoid it. So expecting not to be hurt seems to be somewhat unrealistic. So what do you suggest we do as men in our response to church hurt?
2: Well, one of the markers for man is maturity, but not just maturity in physique or by age, but a mark of a true man is mature emotions. And you are a damaged, it is a damaged man that that does not feel his emotions. And so to that end, a lot of guys, because they've You know, been told by their uncle or father figures or their father's men don't cry, they shut off this whole pain piece. And that's been a huge part of my journey. Now, some stuff I just couldn't feel. So me saying that is to say that. If you are mature, you will recognize where the hurt came from and not ignore it, not white knuckle through it, not push your way um, and make something happen. But instead, you'll go and you'll look at it, you'll confront it, and as painful as it may be, understanding that God has brought you here to heal you of this. And much like Jesus told Peter, and when you come through this, Peter, after you survive this, this, the sifting, go back and strengthen your brother. What God wants to heal in us is for us to go back and help someone else.
0: So Pastor Jasper, are you saying then in a sense that it's not about actually being hurt because you're going to be hurt is basically um, having enough emotional maturity of how to respond to the hurt because you're going to get hurt in marriage and you're going to get hurt on your job but you don't quit your job after you've been hurt or you don't hopefully you don't quit your marriage after you've been hurt but a uh, uh, emotionally mature man has to know how to respond to it and i love what you just said that that it's a damaged man who does not feel his emotions we had a great guest on the show um, uh, a while back named mark shelsky who wrote a book about Emotions, and he dispelled the myths about emotions. And he agreed exactly what you're saying, is that that one of the worst things you can do is ignore your pain. And so we know that's a mistake that men make. What do you think of some of um, some other common mistakes we make as men when it comes to responding to church hurt? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't respond.
2: <laughs> that's that's very common. That 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 we, we just don't. So instead, we, you know, we are all right with our wives um, taking the, the kids to church, but we stay at home or we come up with a reason because we just don't want to go, you know, because we don't. Why? Who? Who in their right mind places themselves in the way of pain? And when we don't know and when we don't recognize where the pain is coming from. Um, We just know, eh? you know, okay, all right. You know, you go you go right ahead because of maybe something that happened as a as a kid. You know, the preacher came by the house and made a house call that really wasn't a house call, wasn't ministry or because what I grew up hearing, you know, um, other other family members say about the preacher and now I don't have. Um, I I don't have any time for that. I'm I'm a a man, so I'm not going to put myself to that. I'm not going to subject myself to that. These are all cases, you know, real time cases of, of church hurt. And so the way men oftentimes deal with church hurt is the same way they deal with the pain that's in their body that they won't go to the doctor to see about or that they won't go get checked up on in an annual visit. We we ignore it. We say it's not there. We we tout the fact we've never been to the hospital a day in our life. I've never been sick. Well, just because you're not sick doesn't mean you've never taken um, a Nyquil or or you know something for a cold. You know you figure out how to treat it and how to get through it. But it can be so much more grace-filled when we go back to where the pain is when we acknowledge it. And when you find someone else who can walk you through it. And you know what, Dr. Joe, I believe that in the season that we're in, God is using more people from the pew than he's using from the pulpit to get other people healed. And and particularly men, that, that there's this there's this revival that's happening amongst men. And you know what? The revival doesn't include a lot of scriptures. It includes a man being authentic with himself and with another man. And that in itself is healing no matter where the wound was uh, occurred, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in their childhood or whether it's in the church.
0: Well said, Um, you know, and I'm hearing from you that we can't ignore it. We have to acknowledge it, but we have to know how to treat it. And I'm trying to get into and you know where I'm going with this, Pastor Jasper. I'm trying to get to that to speak on behalf of that man who I don't necessarily agree with, but I but I understand him. And because I, I hear, I can right now I'm I'm feeling this in my spirit that there's a man out there listening. Well, Joe, I hear what you guys are saying, and that it reveals our spiritual or emotional maturity and how we respond to church hurt. But you just don't understand how I've been hurt, and you don't understand what the church did to me, and you don't understand what the pastor said to me. And you don't understand how they treated me when I was in this situation. And they feel a bitterness towards that. And so I guess, and I'm trying to figure out how can I ask this question. Um, Because they're trying to decide, you know, well, because my church treated me this way, um, I, I, I had to separate myself from it. So I guess what are the healthy boundaries, I guess I'm asking you in knowing um, when is a good time to just kind of grow up emotionally and spiritually and deal with the inevitable hurt that comes from other people because we are human beings or realizing that you know what maybe I need to distance myself from this church not from the church body but from this particular church does that make sense what I'm asking Pastor Jasper oh yeah yeah it it does it does make sense
2: um I have a a toothache and the thing that I don't like is most one of them Top five is the dentist. I've got a great dentist, but I, I do not like going to the dentist. Now, what you're what you don't know is that when I was in second grade, going up a metal slide, a kid pulled my feet out from underneath me. Never will forget Greg and his last name start with an S. <laughs> I won't I won't put him out there. But um my face hit the metal sliding board and chipped about three of my teeth, and so from second grade up until you know adulthood, I was always having um, dental issues and always dealing with you know that chipped tooth and the pain that was associated. Doctor Joe, the pain that happened now some thirty-eight years ago, it still affects me today, and I'm saying that to say when I go to the dentist now. I sometimes get sedation dentistry. You know, that's where you take the pill and you go night, night to have my teeth cleaned. <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying that, you know, the, you know with a with bit of comedy, my point is that I I have to be anesthetized to deal with the problem. And I think that that's what God does with man. We see that in the Garden of Eden. In order for God to bring something good from, from Adam, he had to put him to sleep. Um, Was the surgery going to hurt? Well, you know, I I guess it could have. Maybe it didn't have to, but he still had to put him to sleep to get Adam where he wanted him to be. And sometimes God uses anesthesia for men in circumstances. So you connect with a guy at the gym that just starts happening to show up on your same schedule. Y'all become workout buddies, but then uh, there's this relationship that forms. You never would have gone to him ask him to be a mentor but God puts you to sleep puts you in the same place so that he can start to fix what's wrong and there are a thousand if not ten thousand illustrations of how God puts people to sleep and uses anesthesia to heal the pain
0: so if that so if the so is there a line though that's drawn that when a man could say to himself you know what okay um i've tried to well i guess you know what because i'm thinking i'm getting ahead of myself because i'm sure because i'm going to ask you some questions about um some of the steps we can take but and we'll come back to this because i guess what i want to know and i'm trying to help that man decide because when is he being irrational and when is he thinking okay this is a a a move from god and god is telling me that it's time for us to find another church because the last thing you want to do is see him get uprooted every time because how are you going to grow if you're always pulling up the roots You know, every time you can't grow and prosper there. So but and we'll get back to that, Pastor Jasper. Um,
2: Yeah, because I've I've got I've got some very serious, you know, and real tangible, uh, tangible things, because I think what I hear you, what I'm hearing you say is where do we draw the line? What's the boundary? Yeah, exactly. How do we know? when we're being taken advantage of and subjecting ourselves willingly and knowingly to church hurt versus preserving ourselves.
0: Yeah, because in a sense we do need to grow up a lot of times spiritually because, you know, I've been hurt in church, but I've had to also get over it. Because I realized it was more personal. Like you said, if I look back at my history and my past, there were still some wounds there and they're just, you know, it wasn't their fault. It's just that it touched on a wound that was already there. And so it's drawing a line between spiritual maturity and also having spiritual wisdom to say, "Okay, here's where the line is drawn. So I guess we will go there. So go ahead and um, and share with us um, some of your your practical advice for that and how to discern. Um, between spiritual maturity, um, as far as in growing up, and using spiritual wisdom. Let me
2: let me work backwards a little bit based on what you just said. I uh, would we'll take that one first. Uh, I, you mentioned in my bio that I'm a I'm a I'm a dad a dad of two. I've said that my daughter's 18. When we were first time parents, man, we were scared. We were we were scared of our pants. How do we do this? But we figured it out. I'm as a dad, like, okay, so how do I raise a daughter? How 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 do I how do I do this thing? You know, give me a son. I felt more comfortable with this son. God chose to give me a daughter and he taught me. There were other men and women, other parents, other grandparents, other grandparent types that came into our lives to help us become successful parents. And there's nothing that I'm more proud of than my son and my daughter. I've had the opportunity to raise them and I figured it out. Here's the point, when we give God room, he sends the right people. He sends the right people to help us grow to where he's taking us. Now, if I were to, I said I was working in reverse, let me move to the second point. Uh, Mark DuPont, and it's spelled D-U-P-O-N-T, he wrote a book called Walking Out of Spiritual Abuse. And there were five things uh, that that he mentioned that that can be telltale signs of church hurt. Uh, One was whenever you find a prevailing attitude of elitism and or isolation. So when you sense that you're getting who are you, uh, uh, because this is who I am. Man, I had a pastor in my city who was new to the city and told the story about how another neighboring pastor who was this had this attitude of elitism um, told him that he wasn't welcome until he stopped by and kissed his ring. Wow. <laughs> what? <Gracious>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, whenever, whenever we find that, and you know, Dr. Joe, uh, game recognizes game, and it doesn't take a man long to know when another man really isn't a man. So that's that's one, um, prevailing uh, prevailing attitudes of, of elitism. Another one where leaders um, are are being are practicing judging and cursing. You know, you'll never be. You can't do this. You know, um, God's will is not for this. Where there's that, where there's that, we call them word curses. Where there's a limit that's being placed on us. Here's another one where there's no room for free will. We love embracing opportunities for people to launch ministry in our church. Uh, It doesn't have to be what we have established, but but we we know that God has placed treasure in these earthen vessels. Let's bring that thing out. And wherever there is no free will, the the chances of there being church hurt is highly increased. Whenever it's about serving man and not serving God, again, another place, DuPont says, where uh, there can be spiritual abuse, aka church hurt. And then the the final one that he he makes is where there's legalism and condemnation. The Bible says, the Bible says, and we're using scripture to control people, to limit people, to minimize people where where there is no whole counsel, where there is no dissolve and resolve from Old Testament to New Testament testament no biblical theology uh, but we're stuck in this whole legalistic way you can't serve communion if you do not have on a black suit and you do not have on white gloves <laughs> right. you know you are you, right. not a, you're, you're not a leader you're not a mother if you don't wear that little white hat on your head Though, those kinds of legalistic things um, can really really increase the opportunity for there to be church hurt
0: Hey man, this is fantastic. And you said his name is Mark Dupont, and he wrote a book yeah, called Walking Yeah, Marcus
2: M A R C.
0: M A R C. I'm sorry,
2: Marcus. That's it, M A R C.
0: And we'll see if I can put that in the show notes as well. But th- th- yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about because this is great uh, because he has outlined um, some practical things that we need to look for. Because now that you go through this list, I could see, and I go back in my history and I look at, and I haven't been to, been part of a lot of churches. And but at the same time, I can look back and say, okay, did I leave this church for the right reason or whatever? But at the same time, I can hear some of the guys who have come to me that, oh, I see now why they left a particular church. But now that being said, we're not going to let them off the hook, though, because I'm going to use this now as a framework. So outside of these things, all right, means we need to really probably look at ourselves. And are we um, spiritually growing and maturing as a man? Because like you said um, earlier, that that that's a sign, a telltale sign to us that we need to now know how to grow in Christ to deal with these situations. So if it's outside of those five things that are fairly obvious, and I see why a person would want to get away from that and not be abused. So what steps would you say and would you advise a man to do if he's feeling hurt outside of those things that he probably needs to grow up in? What would be some of the steps you tell him in taking and dealing um, the right way with church hurt?
2: I'm always amazed at how we skip the easiest step, not just when it comes to church hurt, but when it comes to having a problem, having a situation, and getting an answer to it. And that is, God, will you help me with this? Will you bring the right people in my life? Can you, man, God has spoken to folk in YouTube clips, on Instagram posts, with billboards. When we engage the supernatural, You mentioned that one of my mantras is, it's about relationship, not about religion. When we realize that God wants to have a relationship with us, and He's not this distant cosmic figure that's trying to make our life miserable, but that we really can, that's that whole Galatians vortex. We can call Him Father, and I think that, and here's a whole nother talk, but I think that a lot of men have a problem with calling God Father, because of the poor image and picture that they have of their earthly. Uh, But nonetheless, we have to understand if no no more than in truth that he wants to have relationship with us. And when we want to have relationship, when we realize that, then stuff comes from relationship that you don't get from a book. And so I would say the very first step is to simply say, God, hey, look, I I need some help with this. Can you send me who or what I need to, to deal with this. You know, really, Dr. Joe, that's the second point. The first point would be acknowledge that it hurts. Acknowledge that you don't like church and 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 then start trying to figure out why. And once once you can start figuring out why, that will help you, help you, help, give you a grid to see if where you are in church or if why you left church or if why you don't want to go to church is because of the wound that is there. So the first one would be acknowledge that there is pain. The second would be uh, in a relationship with God. J- just a, a quiet prayer, it doesn't have to be prayed with holy oil or with the prayer cloth around your shoulder. It can be while you're mowing grass, driving, whatever it is. Father, I I I want some help with this thing. And then the third thing is start taking the uncomfortable steps. Now, I firmly believe that people are brought to various churches for various seasons. I know there's some people in our church that are only there for a season. It might be a short season, it might be a long season. There are other people that are there that I'll bury. I'll birth them and I'll bury them. Um, but 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 my point is this God can cycle you in and out of where you need to be, but you've got to be willing to take a step. You've got to be willing to take a step towards where God is. Now I want to I want to go on record to say that church isn't the only place that God uses to heal folk. Of church hurt of men particularly, but there are some incredible relationships that I have because of church that we get a chance to do life together outside of church that that has helped to heal me and definitely helped to heal the person that I've been walking with.
0: Oh, Pastor Jasper, this is great. You know, I'm writing feverishly as you're saying this because you just outlined some practical steps um, we could take in order to address it, and, and I'm going to go back and and review it because I think it's that important for men to hear this before we get into uh, additional questions. You said, first, we gotta acknowledge it and then ask yourself, why does it hurt? I even added to that um, a question that I try to get men to ask all the time because when you, if you really wanna get serious and when you've been hurt and or offended, and I'll put that in air quotes, offended, I said, always ask yourself the question and this will be at that first step is, what am I afraid of? What am I really afraid of here? Is it being disrespected? Is it being not recognized? Is it being taken advantage of? Is it being um, reminded um, that I'm that I'm a nobody because that came from a wound in my past? You know, that kind of thing. What am I really afraid of? So you're right. You have to acknowledge it first. And the second thing, which I think is a a difficult step to ask, uh, because you said what the third step is, you said one, to ask God for help. And as you say, we need supernatural engagement because God is not going to hide his answer for you. He's going to give it to you. And so I put that in the phrase of a question and you said uh, and mentioned a couple of them. God, what would you have? um, How would you how do you want me to use this? What would you have me to do with this? And you mentioned the third is start um, <laughs> taking the uncomfortable steps. And now, you know, how I, I dictate what uncomfortable steps is. And I have to do this myself a lot. And I hate asking God, but I'll ask and he always gives me an answer. I'll say, whenever something happens bad to me, I say, OK, God, um, how can I use this to glorify you? What do you want me to do to glorify you? And Pastor Jasper, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I don't like the answer every time it comes back. Because it is something difficult for me to do, and it usually resp- uh, it usually um, requires me swallowing my pride and humbling myself, <laughs> because that's going to glorify Him. He said, "If we decrease, He increases, and if we will humble ourselves, He, you know, he shows grace um, to the humble, but He resists the proud." And so, if we're asking that question of doing that uncomfortable thing, God, what will what would You have me to do to glorify You? And it may be asking for forgiveness of how you responded to it. That's right. You know, That's right. it may be you apologizing for something. And even if it's not necessarily your fault. God still wants you to accept responsibility on how you respond to it. And I think that's tough medicine for us to hear when it comes to dealing with those things you said outside of those five obvious things that obviously we need to say, hey, we need to take inventory This is Maybe we need to be going in a different direction. But I'm glad that you you, you pointed those out. And I think that's really helpful for the men who are listening because they can apply that. And I can honestly tell them right now, they're not gonna like the answers that God is gonna give them. They're not gonna like it. But if they walk in obedience and he is glorified, trust me, healing will take place. Place. But I want you to address now, it was still on the same topic, but I want to go with a different angle. Uh, what can pastors or ministry leaders do to address church hurt with church members before it causes too much damage to their faith? If it's even possible, what could ministry leaders and pastors do? Um, it starts with the Michael Jackson song It's the Man in the Mirror. <laughs> okay. Um, I,
2: I, haven't, I haven't been able to healed church hurt until I first looked at myself and figured out how I was hurting. Uh, Not only how I was hurting on the inside, but also how I had literally hurt people. You know, and sometimes it was my mouth. It was, you know, I didn't, uh, there's a scripture in Colossians that starts talking about dipping our words in honey. It was because I didn't say something with love. Um, it was uh, all these different kinds of reasons and things that I looked at that Holy Spirit showed me that I had to, I don't use your words, humble myself to go, you know what? That wasn't right. And I had to go back and repent to the people that I could, um, and go back and get it right when say, okay, look, I'm sorry for saying it like that. Dr. Joe, that's, that's one of those things that will bring life to any relationship, whether it's with the wife, um, whether it's with our children whether it's with another brother or a sister, or as pastors, if it's for, for, for us in a church. So I had, to, I had to start myself and figure out my own hurt, but then I also had to uh, really uh, go back and figure out why I had done what I had done. Now, what I would tell other pastors is, don't step away from hurt. Um, when you see people hurting, engage. That was this one gentleman, I'm thinking about him, and he's a man's man. He was, you know, army. He'd been married a couple of times. He was, he was struggling in the marriage that he was in, uh, but but he loved God. He he loved God. He didn't like, he didn't always like church. And he had seen a bunch of hypocrisy in his family um, because his he had some uncles and um, uh, other relatives that were in ministry. And so he came to, he came to our church. This was about six years ago, five six years ago. And he looks at me, he goes, I'm waiting for you to mess up. Wow. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting wow. for you to mess up. And, and you know, I looked at him, I said, well, brother, keep watching. <laughs> I said, keep watching because what you see is what you get. And after literally about two and a half, three years, when, you know, he's one of those, one of those guys that understood the streets. And I said earlier, game recognizes game. When he saw... That I was going to be the same, that whether I was in the pulpit, out of the pulpit, wherever, that began to win his heart. And and now he is one of the most loyal men that I have in our church because his comment didn't scare me and I didn't rebuke him. Brother, who are you talking to? I'm the preacher here. You know, I'm the bishop. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, you can just leave. You know, we can also be really good about putting people out of our church. And I think that we do that when we have something to hide. But when you don't have anything to to hide as a pastor, hey, look, I'm not telling y'all I'm perfect. I'm the first one to say that to our church. I'm not telling you that I'm perfect, but I am telling you I'll get it right and I'll go with God and I'll make my wrong right. And so as as a ministry leader, when we are willing to, to be authentic, uh, but also look in the mirror and step towards those people who have hurt. Then there's a whole lot of redemption that can come. Now we will always be the there will always be the frailty of humanity. You know, people are going to mess up. I know I've let people down in my house, <clears throat> outside of my house. But God also makes room for there to be grace, grace given and grace. Um, grace received.
0: You know, Pastor Jasper, I, I'm glad you brought that up and you said that because that that what you, just that statement and that story alone I think offers healing to a lot of men out there listening. Um, I know I obviously I'm in men's ministry and I, I run an organization that's geared towards discipling men, so I meet a lot of men. I mean, you're talking about hundreds, maybe even thousands as I travel and. I know whenever I, I meet one on one with men and I'm, I'm, I've never been a pastor, I've never run a church, but it goes in line with what you just said. And now it makes sense that I'm not crazy for saying it. That when I'm with a guy and I just had um, a coffee with a guy yesterday, and we connected and we're going to build a relationship. And I always tell men who I'm friend, befriending, I'm going to hurt you. I tell them that up front. I am going to hurt you. And I say, and they all look at me kind of funny. And I said, no, I say, I'm not going to do it intentionally. Trust me, because I do have a heart for you. I said, I'm just warning you ahead of time. So when I do, I said, I'm going to seek and ask you for forgiveness. And I'm going to hope that you would extend me the same grace and mercy when you inevitably hurt me. But I want to talk about just briefly about members who are not really hurt per se, but they're offended. Yeah, and it can be based on a disagreement in theology, uh, their your political stance or the church's political stance on an issue that is very heated, you know, like the Colin Kaepernick thing, you know, or even financial decisions that the church is making. And we know this happens a lot. I pretty much, I guarantee you it's happening almost at every church. Somebody's being offended by decisions, choices or whatever um, that a church leadership may decide to go. Um, And I know they may be different issues and may need to handle um, separately, but I guess I'm saying how should we on an internal basis, not from the leadership, but how should we as members of the body um, respond or how would you tell us if you were in that church where you don't agree theologically, now they're not talking about Jesus Christ not crucified, but they may interpret the scripture differently than you would have, or their political stance may be different, or they're making a decision about the church in a direction that you don't agree with as a member, what would you suggest to that person? How would you um, go about um, making sure you can avoid unnecessary, I guess I should say it, church hurt, if that makes sense?
2: Yeah, I would facilitate a conversation around um, agreement and alignment. Everyone is not going to agree with me. But if we're going to walk together, we, we have to align with where we're going, you know, so. I might be moving too fast, too slow, you know, whatever, make a call, theology or whatever. Okay, so if you can align with me, we're good. But if you if you don't agree with me, then we need to figure out how to make the most godly uh, uh, decision to disagree. So, you know, we got to agree to disagree. We always, you know, we always hear that when thrown around. That's when a lot of folks say that when they just can't win an argument but I would try to facilitate a, a conversation around alignment and agreement. Um, now, when it comes to my deal breakers are when it comes to moral moral code, moral ethics. My deal breakers are when it comes to the inerrancy of scripture, the virgin birth. Um, I, I, I had in my recent past um, this exact thing to happen. There was someone who disagreed with my position on scripture. Um, and no matter what I did, how I couched it, I was preaching through a sermon series one Sunday morning, um, and I breached a, a theological issue. It wasn't my first time. I don't know what set the bomb off on the inside of them, but they wanted to talk to me. Well, we want to talk. All right, let's talk. Let's schedule some talk. What we're we talking about. Well, I just don't. I disagree when you say this, this, and this scripture says, this is okay. I said, well, right, I understand that, but my interpretation of scripture and my hermeneutic says that this particular word subject, uh, word here, the, the, exe- the, the exegetical meaning of the word is this, this is how it's used in scripture. Uh, well, I, I think that such, a, you know, so he kind of kept going back and forth. And so, hey, look, Jesus is still Lord, the grave is empty. <laughs> right. He's coming back and we're brothers. Can we just agree on that? I love it. I love just it. Just kind of lead a rest. Um, well, no, 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 no. Man, I, I've never had to deal with something as long and as arduous as this. They didn't want to leave it alone. Well, now I came to find out it was because of their own personal church hurt and wounds that was going on on the inside. But nonetheless, I I I think that just because Dr. Joe I don't agree with you, don't mean we can't be friends, right? <laughs> and 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 if we are agreeing on the stuff that matters, what's the problem?
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, Pastor Jasper. You know, I had a, a one last question for you, but I, I'm so tempted to end on that. I am so you are, you got me tempted to end on that because that to me kind of summarizes this whole thing about experiencing church hurt you know is that you you said it brilliantly do we still agree <laughs> that jesus is lord that the tomb is empty you know because yeah we're not going to agree on everything there's a difference between agreeing as well because i was going to ask you about what does alignment look like but you just explained it and that i, I call it majoring in minors majoring in minors and i find myself dealing with a lot of men when it comes to that when they say, joe what's your take on this and "What's your take on that and my default is always going back to well when jesus was asked the greatest commandment um in law he said that to love god with all your heart soul and mind and the second one is close to it to love your neighbors as yourself i said all that other stuff you're talking about right now i'm still trying to master those two things and I, said, I said, now, That'll if you master that, let's spend our discussion talking about how you did that. Loving God with all your heart and loving people like yourself because I'm struggling when it comes to those two <laughs> things. <laughs> I love it, man. So you, you said that was worth me hearing you say that because I am going to use that now. Is the, is the tomb still empty? <laughs> I am going to liberate that. I love it. I yeah. love it. But I, yourself. But, I, but, yourself. I, but I am going to ask you the last question, because I think this is what I wanted to end the show on, uh, because I want now I want you to now kind of get this in your mind that you're meeting because you do this all the time. You meet non church members, not people part of your congregation. They're thinking about coming to your church. All right. I already think I already know what you're going to say already, but I'm going to ask you anyway. But they're thinking about going um, to your church or you're trying to, you know, they may come on Easter and yet they're, you know, they want to get saved, but they don't know if they want to go to church or not, whatever. And so my question to you is if a non member comes up and this is, I'm thinking about this man now who's listening to this. And um, he says he doesn't want to have anything more to do with church and church people because just the way he's been treated by churches and Christians in the past, and the, especially the or the just the last church really wounded him. What would you say to um, a non-church member on overcoming that that taking that step to retrust again, to retry again, to take another chance? What comforting words or encouraging words would you give him? That's how I want to end this this segment, man. Doctor Joe, I put it right back to him, and I
2: would say, are you ready to give God another try? Because if people aren't ready to give God another try, I I can't do anything. I can't make you give God another try. But if the answer came back affirmative, if that brother said yes, or even I don't know, I would then ask, would you be willing to give me a shot? Let's talk about it. Let's go get coffee. Let's have lunch. Man, I want to. That's what Jesus did. And I think that's what uh, American 21st century Christianity looks like. We expect people to come to us. Man, I would love to go where, 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 where people are. It's messy in the world, but that's where Jesus sent us. He sends us to go out and to win and to bring folk back and to find the lost sheep. You know, there are too many pictures in the scriptures that show we're supposed to be out there. And if you have a problem coming to church, all right, where do you want to meet? You, you, do you drink coffee? <laughs> you don't eat meat? You want to go to a soup and salad bar? <laughs> you know, wherever it is, because if you're willing to give God another try, I'm, I'm, I want to I want to be the one
0: that God uses to help you come back to him. You know what? I'm glad I did end with that question. That is that is wonderful. That is one of, and I'm going to liberate that too, Doug. <laughs> I am going to liberate that one too. That, those yourself. are comforting words, and I, I can even I can even feel the healing taking place in some people because that's all you're really saying. Will you give God another chance? And and by starting by giving me another chance, let God work through me to give me another chance. And that's all you can do. And that's all that you can do. And, and guys, we've reached uh, the end of our show. Um, but don't you worry, we'll be back. Um, do it all again with another guest with new insights and new lessons. So make sure you don't miss it. And I want to thank my friend, uh, Pastor Jasper, for joining us today and being so gracious with his time and blessing us with um, a show that I know is going to be replayed and listened to and shared with a lot of folks because we know a lot of people are hurt when it comes to the church. And so thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jasper, for um, just being so gracious with your time and joining us on the show today. I appreciate it. Dr.
2: Joe, it was my pleasure. Uh, you, you, you made this uh, so enjoyable uh, for me. And I uh, thank you, sir, for sharing your platform. And may I bless you to continue to do what you're doing. I think the hardest, the hardest person to reach is. Is a man. Hallelujah. And, amen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you amen. know. For, you know for sure, right? You know, and, and God is using you in such a wonderful way. I mean, I, I smile every morning, every time one of your uh, alerts comes in. I have I have your app. Just the the bits of nuggets that are changing me as a man, and I know are affecting other men.
0: Well, thank you, and I and I that feels that feels real good to hear you say that, and and to know that men are being impacted by that. But, Pastor Jasper, I want them to find out more about you uh, quickly for our listeners. If they wanted to find out more about you and your ministry and what you're doing, because I started following you, that's how I wanted why I wanted to bring you on the show. Um, what would be the best way to um, to get in contact with you or to tap into some of your resources? Yeah, definitely. All right, so I
2: think the best way, and, and I, I do have a gift I love to give every man or every listener uh, concerning church hurt, um, uh, but I would say that the best way to connect with me would be uh, on our website, and on our website has all of the various social media links. Now, I have my own website, jasperwilliams3.com, and that's the the number three, jasperwilliams3.com, our church uh, has a website up, and the church website is the church info dot org. If you wanted to even text and get some stuff, let us get in your pocket and when we're doing uh, various things or uh, we, we have it segmented out so we won't bother people with stuff that's that's local. You can actually text the word relationship. And that goes back to it's about relationship, not religion. The word relationship to five four, 244 again 54244 and all of our stuff can can fly right back there Uh, i'm on all the social media forms instagram jasper williams at number three uh facebook it's pastor jw3 but all all those are ways in which you can connect with me if you inbox me or email me I'll I'll get back to you. Uh, please don't expect to answer you know in thirty minutes, but I promise I'll, I'll get back with you. For those people who who are listening though, uh, this whole church hurt series, Alicia and I, um, we wanted to give this gift to the body. We wanted to give this gift to people, and so this is a, a free two part series. I don't want anything back from you. We'll ask you for your email address just so we can send you the link to download the MP3. You're not going to get spammed. No commercials. If you just text the word Church Hurt, no space, Church Hurt to 33444. Church Hurt to 33444. We'd be more than happy to get you this free two-part series. It even has prayers. We're leading people through prayers on part two of getting over some of the stuff that Holy Spirit brings up as they're listening.
0: And man, you're sharing a lot of resources with us. I'm going to make sure I put as many of those resources in the show notes as possible because I'll definitely want to be one of the ones to text for the church one because I want to share that with as many people as possible. So I'll make sure I promote that. Um, to our list, our email list as well. Thank you, that So guys, please take advantage of that. So thank you so much, um, Pastor Jasper, for that. And to all you guys out there listening, please do us a favor, and this is so important. If you've been blessed by this this episode, which I've been blessed by, take about 30 seconds to go over to iTunes and rate the program for us. It's the best way to help us get this program in the hands, ears, and hearts of men just like you. And please don't keep us a secret. Share us with your friends. So until next time, I'm Joe Martin, your man builder with realmenconnect.com, reminding you that we are males by birth but we are men by choice. So each and every day choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed. And as always, you know,
1: stay in his grip. Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast. It's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man, God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.